Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Huda Talk. Braden and Jay here. Uh, today we're going to be talking about some prospects. We're going to uh, go over our linebacker rankings for the season. We are going to talk about some rumors and some trades around the NFL. And we're also going to be talking about uh, Todd Grantham, who is reportedly the top defensive coordinator candidate for the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, let's start it off with Grantham. Uh, what, do, what do you think about uh, that? Well, not higher yet, but what would you think about that hire if we did it? Uh, I don't think he's a great candidate, but out of the five names that were listed about a week ago, him, Manuel, Pleasant, Glenn, and uh, Elko, I think he was the best out of the five just because he has a lot of experience. And the thing that I really like about him that the Bengals need is he basically takes control of the defense. Like at Florida, he was given full power of that defense. Mississippi State last year, he was given full power of that defense. And that's what basically Zach Taylor needs. He needs a guy who can just take full control of the defense. And that's what that's what Grantham can do here. So that's why I'm okay with it now. I don't think he's a great candidate, but we're kind of at a point where we'll take what we, we don't really do. have great yeah, because we lost the chance for a really good candidate. Yeah, so with Grantham, I, I don't know really know how to pronounce it. Is it Grantham or Grantham? I don't know. I'm going to have to watch a video on that I'll, later. I'll have to watch a video on it too. But he's a very aggressive defensive coordinator. And there's one thing that a lot of that a lot of Bengals fans are going to be turned off by and that he runs a 3-4. However, it's not a traditional like, two-gapping 3-4. He runs a one-gapping 3-4. Um, so essentially it's the position, it's the, the defensive linemen are in the same exact, uh, technique, I guess, which is so like three techniques. There's, there's no five techniques in this. There's no, there's no weird alignments as if you had seen a three, four, it's a four, three defense. However, they stand up one of the defensive ends and that's essentially how they play. So it's, it's, it's a three, four, but it's not a true three, four. So something that goes with that is we might see Carl Lawson actually get the start on the uh, other side of the defensive line as that stand-up defensive end because we're going to be losing – well, hypothetically, we're going to be losing Michael Johnson. And recently he's been a nickel, nickel defensive end who's only been coming in on nickel. But in this scheme, I think that allows him to actually start in base as well. So I like that. I like that aspect of it. Um, Grantham also likes to blitz a lot, and I know Braden wanted to talk about that, so I'll let him take over for that. Yeah, so uh, Grantham, as we said, runs a very aggressive defense, and so, yeah, he'll send in linebackers. He might send him safety, and he's going to be aggressive with the defensive line. He's going to do some creative stuff with that, and his defense is also very reliant on linebackers. Like You need a linebacker there who can make tackles, who can read the plays, and so, getting Grantham, getting a linebacker who can do all that, can cover, can blitz, just became that much more important. And we now need two linebackers because I really don't see Vigil doing well in this defense. I, yeah, I would agree with that. I don't, I don't really think Vigil would fit very well in this defense at all. I mean, he doesn't have the aggressiveness to him to fill that role of that linebacker that can do everything where – he can't fill that Bosai and Joseph, Joseph role that we were we got into a little bit last week and get into a little bit more this week. He can't fill that role where he's a great blitzer. He can do anything. He's uber athletic. He can do everything. He doesn't fit that role. The other linebacker in that role is kind of just 
I mean, his, his scheme relies on heavily athletic linebackers. It's not smart or nice, but the way that Grant Hamm runs the scheme, he likes to blitz with his linebackers, and you're not going to get you're not going to get too far if you're blitzing Vigil. And Vigil also isn't really the best in coverage either. So yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So I'm just going to say a lot of a lot of people like to bring up Vigil's stats of how many tackles he had. Oh. Tackles are not do not represent anything about a linebacker. A lot of his tackles came from blown coverage or like nine yards downfield on a run play. Exactly. I I can't agree more with that. Um, now when you get into the coverage shells, what what kind of coverages does he run? Um, like Braden said, he's a very aggressive guy. That means a lot of cover two man. And we're going to see a lot, a little bit of cover three on third downs, but I mean, mostly cover two. One complaint I have heard about him from just around Twitter and the NFL, or not the NFL, college football, is that he doesn't have the best third down defense. I don't see that as an issue because I would, I don't think he had the best linebackers in college. Uh, well, at, at Florida than previously at Mississippi State. He didn't have the best linebackers. So I think if we can get him some good linebackers, I think that'll fix that as well. And his secondary also was not very good in Florida. It was okay, but it wasn't the best. And I think with an improved secondary where you have guys like Jesse Bates and William Jackson, I think it's going to be a lot better. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And if you can have that lockdown corner, and I was watching a little bit of Florida's defense and a lot of the times on third down, it was just a DB getting beat, usually a corner getting beat badly in man coverage, and he didn't have much help. But with a guy like William Jackson, you don't have to worry about that. Exactly. But on the other side of the ball, we do have Drake Kirkpatrick. And, yes, I know we all like to hate on Drake Kirkpatrick. But realistically, I mean, Drake Kirkpatrick will be getting picked on a little bit more if we end up filling up those linebacker needs. Then Drake Kirkpatrick becomes a weakness of our defense a little bit more on third downs. So – I know he likes to blitz a lot. I know. And another thing he likes to do is bring in the safeties and blitz the safeties. That's fine. But if he brings in Jesse Bates, you better have a backup plan for Drake or Patrick because if, he, if you're blitzing uh, Jesse Bates on third down, you're not really going to have a guy in the back that, can, that has the range to help out Dre. Yeah, he's reliant that either the linebacker or the safety will get there quick or somebody on the defensive line will get penetration. Yeah. So, so and if that fails, then it's kind of blows up. Yeah, exactly. So that's another reason why you have to have a, a linebacker that can blitz. And I think you have to have safeties that are able to blitz. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit later. What linebackers are going to fit the scheme. But I mean, yeah, I, I think you have to be prepared to address the issue of Drake Kirkpatrick being the weakness on third down again. And we, we've experienced that in the past as well, but that's not really an issue unless we fix linebackers. I mean, we're going to be bad if we don't fix linebackers, but when we fix linebackers, Drake or Patrick becomes a bigger issue. So um, I'll let you continue, though. Okay. Yeah, you kind of cut all the basics, and you could make an argument that with Grantham, we might want to find a, another interior defensive lineman who's a little more powerful, can a little better with rushing, and, I mean – we're not really going to talk about him much this week, but I think Ed Oliver, I think he's gone, but I think he becomes a bigger possibility for us if he's there on the clock. Oh, my God. Like I, Grantham. I would love Ed Oliver. Um, I think Graham would have an orgasm if he was on the clock. Okay, well, we won't so, go that far, but I th- yeah, Ed Oliver would be a great pick there. Um, I think he would fit fairly well, especially if we did that hybrid 3-4-4-3 scheme that he ran at Florida. I think that would just be a perfect fit for, perfect fit for Ed Oliver. Another thing that we're forgetting about is Sam Hubbard. And Sam Hubbard really showed up down the stretch last season. And I think he can fill in that nickel defensive tackle spot very well. 
Um, and I, I, I wouldn't count him out just yet, especially if Carl Lawson does end up getting the start at that Jack linebacker spot, which is like the stand-up defensive end, essentially. So I, I would like that a lot. And I mean, when we go to nickel, it, it won't matter anyway. I mean, the four-three-three-four thing doesn't matter as much when you get into nickel at all, really. But yeah, I mean, yeah. And also, he'll probably take some reps from Dunlap this year. Dunlap a little older, maybe in some more, just some more basic formations. They give Hubbard, Hubbard, I can't talk the snaps. So I think Hubbard's still very much in the defense. I'm not really concerned with a lack of playing time for him. Yeah, neither am I. I mean, he was a rookie last year, and he got a lot more playing time than Bengals rookies normally get. And um, like you said, I, I do think they end up playing Dunlap a little bit less early on in the game and putting him in there in the third and fourth quarter just to save his legs a little bit, keep him fresh, and try to lengthen up, make his career a little longer. So um, that pretty much covers the defensive scheme part of this. Uh, let's tie this into some linebackers that we would think would fit this scheme. And then after that, we're going to – well, actually, I, I want to talk about something else first. Um, around the NFL, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on recently. A few days ago, and maybe it was yesterday, Antonio Brown said goodbye to Steeler Nation. Nothing official hap- has happened yet, but that's, that is looked at to be a looked at to be a leverage point, I guess, in that, okay, Steelers, you have to trade me, you have to let me go. Um, so that's good news for the Bengals. Uh, what, what are your talk? What are your takes on that? Yeah, obviously good news for the Bengals. Uh, and I know William Jackson shut him down and some Bengal fans are trying to say, oh, it doesn't matter for us. Yes, it does matter. We do spend a lot of, a lot of defensive resources trying to stop Antonio Brown. He's one less guy to worry about. Uh, I don't think that means William Jackson covers Juju now because Juju is primarily a slot receiver and William Jackson's not really. We, he was in the slot a couple times last year and that, he's just not a slot corner. He, that didn't go well for him. So it'll be interesting to see how the Bengals now cover Juju, but Antonio Brown's the best receiver in the game and not having to worry about him is awesome. Right, exactly. And another thing that just came out an hour ago, uh, Joe Flacco is, has been traded to the Denver Broncos um, for a fourth-round pick, and that pretty much entrenches Lamar Jackson as, as the Ravens starter next year. Um, this is a little something that I haven't – or that I've been, I was told from my friend Nick over at Mile High Huddle, a Broncos podcast. Um, it sounds like Keenum – the main suitors for Keenum right now are the Giants, the Cardinals, and um, – oh, God. One other team. I forget it. The Card- Jaguars? No, not the Jaguars. The Redskins, the Cardinals, and the Giants are the three teams that are in on Keenum right now. Uh, my friend my friend over at Mile High Huddle, Nick, does have uh, a source telling him this. Um, and it's going to be for a late-round pick for Keenum. Uh, if those don't ever materialize, he's just going to be cut out cut flat, flat out right. Um, Flacco, Denver hopes to get his contract down 50 to 75%. Um, the plan is for them to draft Drew Locke at uh, 10, if not trading up for him, just because they want to run a, like a vertical passing game offense with uh, zone run blocking and stuff like that. So I, I like that move on the Ravens' part because I think they needed to get rid of Flacco. If I'm, if I'm the Ravens, I think that had to happen. A lot of, con- or a lot of uh, big cap ha- big hit, and I, I don't – I don't think there's any way they could have kept him this offseason. This does kind of put the Broncos in a bind, and it kind of kills their leverage 
uh, in trying to get rid of Keenum because, I mean, teams that they're trying to get Keenum are just going to say, well, we know you're going to cut him because you're not going to have 40-plus million in cap for two crappy quarterbacks. So they kind of lose leverage there. But overall, I think it's really interesting, and I like it a lot. Uh, what are your takes on it? Um, yeah, I think the Ravens got the W out of it. They're sa- I was looking it up. They're saving $9 million total in cap, so that's going to bring their total cap to $30 million, and that makes it a ton more likely they resign C.J. Mosley. I think they're going to do it regardless, but this I think this guarantees it. Uh, but I completely agree. I think when Drew Locke and Joe Flacco fit in very similar offensive schemes, so you can – Start Flacco next year, develop Locke a little. Then you can put Locke in when you get when you want to get rid of Flacco, and you really don't have to change much to your offense. So I really like that on the Broncos' part, but I agree that they kind of screwed up with the trade value of Keenum. But I don't think in the long run of things right. that's going to kill them. Like it might be a difference between fifth and sixth round exactly. draft pick. Exactly. And one other thing of note, um, I know a lot of people might be thinking. Oh well, did, did the Broncos call the Bengals on Andy Dalton? Uh, my friend over at Mile High Huddle says that didn't, that was not the case. Uh, Andy Dalton doesn't fit what they want to do at quarterback, and that just didn't really materialize or ever even happen, just because it wasn't a possibility in the first place. So no, Dalton, they didn't reject an offer on Dalton. That didn't happen. That was my first thought as well, but that was not the case. Dalton is here to stay right now. Although he does think that the uh, Dalton to Washington still ha- Dalton to Washington rumors still have some uh, tread left, it's not likely that he moves. Um, other than that, though, uh, we got some prospects we want to talk about. We got two prospects, and we're gonna dive into our uh, updated linebacker rankings for the rest of this podcast. Um, We'll start off with the prospects, and we we watched uh, Jay Sternberger and Rashawn Gary just kind of mix it up a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start off with Rashawn Gary. Rashawn Gary, the Michigan defensive lineman, uh, he reminds me a lot like Solomon Thomas as a prospect, not in a good way. With Gary, I do not see a position for him. Uh, he's not an edge. He doesn't have the quick first step he doesn't have the burst that you need uh he's too small for interior defensive line he's going to get eaten up I think if you could put him in a nickel situation where he can pass rush I think that's where he's best utilized but with Gary you're not getting the technique the explosive even with his crazy athleticism for a 4-3 defensive end or a permanent interior defensive lineman and I don't I just don't see him working that being that great starter for a team, despite that athleticism, just because he has no position and teams won't know what to do with him. Yeah, that's I, – I think I'm a little higher on him. I rewatched him. I originally had a high second on him. I think I'm going to – he's going to be in that fringe first-rounder area for me. Uh, he's a great athlete, like you said. But um, I don't know where, where to put him, like you said. I He seems like a Michael Johnson-type player where you keep him outside on base and then nickel, you move him inside. But, I mean, I mean, getting a little more specific, he doesn't have that much bend, and that's something you look at for edge rushers. Uh, he needs to have a better pass rushing plan. He, his counters really suck. That after his first move, he doesn't really know what to do. Um, his hand moves and chops seem – they're very inconsistent. Sometimes they're just lazy and going through the motions. Other times they're great. Same thing with, with his motor. I mean, sometimes he's at 110%. Other times he's inconsistent. Uh, has great get-off. Um, 
but most of his wins in college are just from sheer athleticism. Uh, he keeps his eyes on the ball carrier, not really the ball. He makes him susceptible to uh, RPOs and play actions. And that's something I noticed a few times where he he's just focusing on whoever had the ball, and he didn't really realize what the ball had left the guy's hand two seconds ago. So I, I think he needs a little bit more awareness in the run game. Uh, I mean, he's he's kind of – he's mentally not there yet. I think he he's, – he's a great athlete. I think he just needs to refine his game a little bit, and I think he can be a great player. I just don't see it yet. I mean, he he's going to end up being a fringe first-rounder for me, probably my fifth or sixth defensive tackle. Um and this is a great defensive tackle class, so being DP6 isn't really a, a, a bad thing in this class. This kind of happens. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he's he is what he is. He's going to be – I think he's going to be an okay player. I, I don't think he's going to be very good first year. Uh, he's just gonna be, there's going to be an adjustment period for sure. But, yeah, he's going to be an all right player. Um, yeah. Go ahead. And sorry, I just don't like him. Like, he's probably going to end up going top 10 just because of the potential and his athleticism. And for me, I'm, I'm, I have trouble taking the guy top 10, top 15, even top 24. I don't know where they're going to play. I don't, and they might be, he might be limited to that kind of nickel defensive line position and kind of like Solomon Thomas has been in San Francisco. And for me, that's my major turnoff. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um, Next up, we got Jay Sternberger out of Texas A&M. He plays tight end. This is a guy who's going to be my fifth tight end right now. In a great class, that's that's not a knock. Um, he has a big catch radius, able to come down with 50-50 balls, a great speed and get off. Um, his routes were ran very well, very smooth. But the one thing I don't really like about about his route running is he doesn't break hard enough. He kind of his uh, his breaks are a little bit dull and not rounded, but just not very sharp as sharp as they need to be. Um, he's good at finding opening spots and zones. Uh, he needs work on separation post-break in his routes. Um, he uses hands very well mid-break to break free and get some separation, but, again, he needs to get more separation post-break. Um, he lines up pretty much – I mean, not all over. He doesn't line up in the backfield, but he lines up in line in the slot and even some outside. Uh, he's – for a guy, he's been in three different in three different offenses in the past three years. He disguises his uh, – he knows – he understands his scheme. He's able to disguise his route very well. Uh, great at leaning inside of the break and then going out to cut back in. Um, great hand, outstanding awareness as a run block – as a run blocker. Knows what holes running back is going to hit. Great technique. Gets very low. Um, and one thing I really enjoyed about him is he disengages and reengages in one swift motion. You don't really see that too often. Uh he just he knows when his what hole his running back is going to hit. He's able to just disengage from his uh his one assignment to the other. Um, I mean his second run his second level run blocking is an issue for me. I mean he doesn't really his placement and aim for those for second level blocking, particularly when um either him or the defenders coming in at an angle needs a lot of work. And I mean. Other than that, I don't really see any other issues with him. I mean, he has great uh, yards after catch ability, great long speed, like I said, uh, great redirect, as I kind of touched on earlier. Um, another, the one other weakness I really see in his game, but it's not huge. Um, he isn't really that big. He's, a, he's not a mauler. He has Right now, he has enough push to get it done and not give up much ground in the run game or even in the pass game. But in the NFL, I, I, think, it, I think there is a worry on how strong he really is going to be up against that better competition, that higher level of competition. 
So with all of that, I know that was kind of a lot to digest, but with all of that, I think I'm going to have a pretty early third round grade on him. He's going to be a top 75 player for me. Yeah, he covered all that I really had. I only got to watch one and a half games before doing this episode. And something that you touched on was harder breaks. That's something that bothered me more than it probably should have. But I feel he's going to run into some issues with that early on. If you, if he has a really good coverage safety or a good coverage linebacker and they kind of they can read his hips and get the pass breakup. So that's a bit concerning, but for us, I agree. He's a really good tight end in a great tight end class. Yeah, I would agree. So that finishes up our prospects for this episode. Um, next up, we're going to be talking about our linebacker rankings, our updated, our updated linebacker rankings. I'm just going to go through our list. And then after we go through each player, we're going to say a little blurb on each player. And that's how it's going to work. So, Braden, what's your, who's your linebacker one? Uh, Devin White. Okay. And and uh, is he your linebacker one, too? Yeah, he, he is my linebacker one. He has dropped a, a bit for me. He's going to be a top 20 player for me, though. And uh, I I think he's a great athlete, very, fairly versatile. He's going to be a Mike at the next level, uh, great at wrapping up, elite range. Um, he, his athleticism projects well to man and zone coverage, even though he, had, he didn't do it much in uh, college. Um, he's he's not there yet, but his mental his mental processing is getting better as he keeps on. Uh, and he owns a horse, so yeah, back. horse credit, horse credit, right there, style credit. All right, but yeah, I agree. Uh, I think his for me, I was pretty low on him when we first did our rank linebacker reviews, and this is why I always wa- watch the later games, see how he improves. His mental processing jumps has kind of giving me confidence in him. And as his mental processing has gotten better, so has his play. I've noticed when he reads plays better, he gets off blocks better. He does a, he's got a lot better about using leverage and his own momentum to get off blocks. It's something that I love seeing. And But he's not a finished product, but I think he can play any linebacking position, and he's going to be a really good linebacker, but he just might struggle that first year. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I'll say my linebacker first. No Giles Harris out of Duke. Um, I, I like this guy a lot. Um, he's he's been the best all-around linebacker in this class. He's good at getting off lots. He's great at uh, stopping the side run. That's for a lot of the the higher-tier linebackers in this class. But he, he's good at run. Yeah, he has good range. Think about much in that. Uh, he's capable in man coverage, very good in zone coverage. Uh, I, I don't see any issues with him. He plays kind of rigid, but other than that, I like him a lot. He's going to get a top 25 player on my board. Uh, he's my number three. My number two is Jermaine Pratt. Pratt is someone who I am really, really high on. He was uh, He's from NC State. He's played safety his whole life up until 2016, and they switched him to linebacker. He played a little bit last year, but this was really his first year starting. So he was a little – he was very raw in a lot of areas, and he was got insanely better throughout the year. And as you would expect with the guy playing a new position, he made a lot of mistakes, and he's still learning the position, so he's not going to be somebody who's going to be stud for you day one, but I think he's capable of starting year one if you're ready to work around some of his weaknesses. Uh, his, he can get a little 
candy or eye candy, whatever the term is, he sometimes focuses too much on emotion or a trap block that allows him to be late to play. But with his, that got less and less as a problem as the year went on. And kind of like with YS, when his mental processing was getting better, so was he. He's a hard-hitting straight-line linebacker who's great in coverage. He personally has the best man coverage I've ever scouted a linebacker. Even though he has a bit of tight hips, he does a great job of open, opening them up in time, the not get beat by a tight end, running back, and also he has really good zone coverage. And for me, he's my linebacker too. He's a bit of a risk because there's no guarantee he'll – catch up in the run game but even if he doesn't you're still getting the ability that he can in the elite man coverage with really good zone yeah i'm not I a lot of that um i will disagree with man coverage i'm not as high on him as man coverage you he gets turned around very easily he doesn't really have the hips to, he doesn't have great hips turns around way too early right on the, right on the line of scrimmage turns around and he's has his back to the quarterback the whole time it kind of looks like he's playing catch-up that one. So that's something to disagree with. But um, next up, my linebacker three is Mac Wilson. I know this is a guy that me and you kind of flip-flop positions on. Uh, at first, I was very low on him. And uh, now you're kind of low on him, and I'm higher on him. But I like I like Mac Wilson's zone coverage skills. I mean, he's great in zone. I think his mental processing that I was originally so low on has improved drastically. Um, great range, great athlete. Um, I'm gonna keep it short, but the only, the only, I, don't, I have some issues, obviously, but my main issue is uh, his ability versus the inside run. Um, he's not really a guy that you can trust to plug up. He, I mean, he's gonna get bullied the first year versus the inside run. Offensive linemen are going to have a field day with him, uh, even tight ends. So that's one thing I don't like about him. And he's gonna be in that probably late 20s, early 30s for me. And for me, and I look at his playing style, and to me, I don't know if he can really fix that inside run just the way he attacks the blocks, and he very just kind of lets the blocks come to him, and that, that's something you cannot do. Yeah, I, yeah, very conservative player. I don't, I don't like that too much at all. Um, who is your linebacker three? Uh, my linebacker three is Joe Giles-Harris. He basically said everything I would have said. He's going to be an all-around very solid player. He'll never be that great elite linebacker, but he's a very reliable above average linebacker that you can start day one. I'm not going to say he can never be great, but we'll, we'll go with that. Um, I mean, if he shows a great combine, then I'll be a little more open up. But I think just from what I've seen, I see an above average linebacker who's going to be really good. Yeah. My linebacker four was Pratt. We kind of talked about him a lot already. Um, other than Pratt, my linebacker five is Kendall Joseph. And this is kind of a guy that a lot of people aren't really high on. I don't really know. I'm not sure why a lot of people aren't high on him because, I mean, he. I think he's the best coverage linebacker in this class. Elite in man coverage, elite in zone coverage, uh, smartest linebacker in this class. He is a little undersized, but, I mean, other than that, he really has it all. I mean, he's great at knifing through gaps. He's not the best at getting off gaps, but, I mean, or gaps. He's not the best at getting off blocks, but he's great at avoiding the blocks and not even having to put himself in that situation to begin with. So I I love Kendall Joseph. Um, Kendall Joseph is going to be a top, probably top forty player for me. I I like him a lot, a lot, a lot higher than him than most people are. My linebacker four is actually going to be Devin Bush, the Michigan linebacker. He's somebody who I don't think the Bengals should draft or anything but when I just look at a linebacker prospect he's a very good guy very instinctive very aggressive does a great job 
using his momentum to attack blockers or running backs. He can get stacked on blockers, but he does a gr- so a lot of time he just beats the blockers to the plays because he's just that fast at reading plays and he's very limited in his play. But the style of his linebacker, you he's very solid and I don't want to take that for granted. So he's my linebacker for. Yeah, he's my linebacker. Six. My the next guy on my list. Um, no, by no fault of his own. I mean, he's a great linebacker. I like him a lot. Don't get me wrong. I, th- I just, I'm, I'm a lot higher on this class than a lot of people are, and I think his his woes and coverage is what brings him down a little bit for me. But I'm still very high on him. He's going to be a top 45 player for me easily. Um, he's my linebacker. Six. Uh, who's up? Uh, my linebacker five is Mac Wilson, and already kind of talked about him. I just him and Pratt in the run game where they are right now are very similar, but I'm giving Pratt – I'm taking Pratt over him just because I see more of a – I saw more improvement of Pratt against the interior and outside run throughout the year, and also you have that potential with Pratt to get that stopped. And with Mac, I don't see it. All right. Uh, let's but talk- I do think Mac is the best zone coverage linebacker in this draft. Okay, yeah. Uh, I, I, but I think he has a little above Kendall. No, no, I, I won't. Let we'll you fight slander. about it later. I, I won't let you slander Kendall Joseph like that. But yeah, hey, that's not a slam on Kendall Joseph. I just think Mac has a great zone coverage. Uh huh. All right, whatever. We'll um, fight. <laughs> my linebacker, Josiah Joseph. Um, I'm. This is another guy I I like more than most. He's a great blitzer, blitzer, and this is a guy that would that might be a good fit for the Bengals if we do end up hiring Todd Graham. Uh. I, I am a I, mean, I am a fan of Ken, or not Kendall Joseph, sorry, Bosai and Joseph. Great, great athlete. I mean, he might be the most athletic linebacker in this class, save Devin White, but he's very good, very good player. Uh, elite blitzer is able to hold his coverage, especially especially in man and in the flats. Um, he, the one thing I don't like about him is he his run defense can be a little spot in terms of awareness, but he does have that aggressiveness. He is able to shoot the gap well to overcome that most of the time i i have him linebacker seven he's probably going to be a top 50 top 60 player i like him a lot as well all right uh i'm going to catch up to you real quick my linebacker six is joseph you basically covered anything everything great coverage linebacker great at avoiding blocks uh and again i have i think he has great zone i think max a little better he has great man but i think practice is a tad better but he's like just off in my opinion. And I, he's somebody who I also think is very underrated. My number seven is Vosine Joseph. And you just basically said everything you, I was going to say about him. So I'm not going to repeat you. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, next up on my list is Kevin uh, Coney out of Notre Dame. And uh, he's going to have a third round grade for me. A lot of people, Bumper. I see him more as a coverage guy, or not a coverage guy. Sorry. Don't, I, I, Stephen A. Smith possessed me. Um, I see him do. He is a two-down bumper. I think he can stop the run at an effective level. I do think he is a he's good enough in coverage to where he can be a three-down linebacker. Um, I like him particularly. I, I, but like I said, I mean he's he's very elite versus the run. Uh, I I like him a lot. I mean he's lined up as a will and Mike in college, probably a will at the next level. Um, not the fastest guy, uh, but other than that, I mean, he's he's a solid prospect. He's very easy to watch, easy to come to a conclusion on. 
I, I like him a lot. What do you think about him? Um, yeah, I think he's just one of those solid linebackers. Uh, I think he has the ability to be in zone coverage. He's also my number eight. And yeah, I think you basically said it. I don't want to keep dragging on. Yeah, we've been going for a little while. So uh, next up, my linebacker is Terrell Hanks. And this is kind of a disappointing grade for me. Uh, talked about him a little bit in the past few weeks, but he's a guy that was a late riser. Um, a lot of people are hot. I don't really, I, I can see, I can see what they like. I mean, he's a freak athlete. Uh, he's just kind of looks like a puppy chasing, chasing a toy when he's up. I mean, he, he's a guy that I look at him and whenever he's not even, not even in coverage, but whenever he's like chasing down a ball carrier I and mean, he's always, he just runs so rapidly. He, he doesn't have any cuts. He's a great athlete, but I don't expect him to be good in the three-cone drill. Uh, very big, but he's very, he's very, very small. And because of that, I'm going to have him linebacker nine. He has a mid to late third-round grade for, from me. He's actually my linebacker 10. My linebacker nine, I'm actually going Quarterman, the Miami linebacker. He returned to school. Oh, crap. Yeah. I should probably should have looked at Okay, then Hanks gets my number nine. And – Last yeah, I, I was pretty disappointed. I was just disappointed in his film. I was told some really good stuff about him. Then I turned it, watched the film, and I didn't like what I saw. Yeah, and my linebacker would be uh, TJ Edwards. Um, he's a guy that a lot of people can be attracted by his zone coverage or his ability to zone coverage. Uh, he's up there for one of the better zone coverage linebackers. He's a lot of working man, though. He's slow to react, but he is very smart, very intelligent player. Um, he's spotty versus the inside run, but he's he's able to get there. Uh, he's just kind of meant overall. I mean, he's not great, he's not bad. Um, and I mean, yeah, he's not going to be. He's not that great of an athlete. I I have too much on him. He's he's another one of those guys that's easy to watch. It's hard to it's hard to really hate him. It's hard to really love him. I mean, he's going to have a late third round grade for me. Yeah, I agree. He, I'm also going to put him as my linebacker 10 as I learned a devastating news of quarterman. But, yeah, I think his zone coverage is a tad overrated just by from what I've read, but not that much. I think I like his aggressiveness, but he's overall a meant player that I'm not too impressed by, but nor do I really hate. Yeah, I would agree. So uh, that's going to wrap it up for today, guys. We kind of went over time a little bit. That's fine, though. Uh, next week, we're hopefully we're going to be talking about our new defensive coordinator and position coach. Um, maybe we'll throw in some prospects too. Uh, yeah, and we'll talk about we were going to do this week, but we're going to change this to next week just because of time of the some of the best linebackers in the this draft class that we think will fit the new defense. Oh yeah, true. We did forget that, but we'll, yeah, we'll address that next week. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, we'll see you guys. Thank you for listening. Uh, make sure you listen to all of our uh, podcasts. You follow us on Twitter and Instagram. On Twitter, I am Bangles Handle. On uh, Instagram, Bangles underscore NFL. Thanks for listening, guys. Good day. Good day.